When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Collision Post Show for Saturday, December 23rd, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Saturday nights, wherever you may be. I wasn't really going to cover this show tonight. I didn't really plan on being here earlier in the day. I did ask Jesse if he wanted to show up and cover Collision tonight because it was the final night of the Blue League in the AEW Continental Classic. And I didn't didn't really want to miss the late-minute stories that were going into next week's final on AEW Dynamite. We got the Gold League already squared away. It's going to be Swerve Strickland, John Moxley, and Jay White. Triple threat match. The winner of that will go to World's End on Long Island and wrestle for the AEW Continental Classic title. Continental Championship. Then on the Blue League, we had Brian Danielson, Andrade El Idolo, and Eddie Kingston all vying for a position in the finals. Brian was more than likely going to be in the finals. It was going to be against who? Either Andrade or Eddie Kingston. And we found out tonight that Eddie Kingston is in the finals with Brian Danielson. And that match will be taking place in Orlando on Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. Before we get into the breakdown of tonight's show, I want to make something very, very clear. The AEW Continental Classic, whether you agree with me or not, I'm not shilling AEW, I'm not shilling Tony Khan, I'm not against Paul Levesque, I'm not against WWE and what Triple H is doing. This is me speaking to you as a professional wrestling fan. The AEW Continental Classic is the best piece of business that AEW has done as far as a concept since they started the company four and a half years ago. Fact. Everything that they've done, everything that they've done from blood and guts to other tournaments that they've had, whether it's the Owen Hart Cup, these eliminator tournaments, 
the Rampage Royale, whatever Tony Khan wants to throw on TV and see if it sticks, whatever the case may be. The Dynamite Diamond Ring. I think we need to move on from all these different concepts. The AEW Class, Continental Classic, is where legitimately the big boys play. This entire tournament is the very reason why AEW was at one point the alternative for professional wrestling. At some point, in some aspect, they still are. Because what they're doing on their shows, like this, you're not going to see on WWE television, you're not going to see on Impact, you're not going to see anywhere else in the United States. This Continental Classic has really given AEW, once again, the edge when it comes to what is an alternative to WWE. And I've said it time and time again, it's tough to be the alternative nowadays when Vince McMahon is not in charge, when Triple H is doing what Tony Khan is doing. It's tough to be the alternative. I hope you guys understand that. But the Continental Classic and what has been done up until this point has been basically AEW at its best. The best concept in all of AEW, period. I don't really understand why fans, I I see this this going around on social media. I I don't really understand why, why people on social media don't like the Continental Classic. It's it's amazing to me, you know. It's it's actually so nearsighted and so ignorant that it's it's quite bothersome that people are this fucking stupid. It doesn't bother me that you don't like it. You don't like it. You don't like it. Not everybody's gonna like what I like. Nobody likes the type of music that I listen to. Nobody likes the type of beer that I drink. Nobody likes the type of whiskey that I prefer. It's you know everybody's got different tastes. But I find it very ignorant to a point where it's very bothersome that fans and people on social media, legitimate check marks on social media, are, are claiming that uh, uh, the Continental Classic sucks. I'm not interested in the Continental Classic. Continental Classic, there's no stories in the Continental Classic. Well, clearly, you're telling me that you're a fucking bullshit artist and you're not watching the show, but then you want to go out there and comment on AEW television. I know you're not watching, so shut the fuck up. Seriously. You're not watching the show. You can't sit there and tell me that the Continental Classic is not good. You can't sit there and tell me the Continental Classic doesn't have stories or you're not interested in it because you're not fucking watching the Continental Classic. That's why. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. If WWE did this with the King of the Ring tournament, I think a lot of people would change their fucking tunes and then expose themselves as being hypocritical. Now, but Tony Khan is doing it, and we got the Continental Classic happening on AEW television. No, it's not good. There's no stories there. Could Tony Khan have made a thing change here or there? Sure. Sure. Do we need a Triple Crown Championship? Yes. Am I concerned about a triple crown championship? Sure. Am I concerned that Tony Khan's going to take this championship and make it feel like all the other irrelevant titles in the company? Yes. 
I said this on Wednesday. Tony Khan needs to take the, the AEW Continental Championship and position it under MJF and the AEW World Championship or whoever's going to be the AEW World Champion at the end of World's End. Seriously. I am concerned about him adding another championship because he hasn't made the other championships feel that important. MJF's title feels important. Christian Cage and the TNT title feels important, but it took a long time for us to get there with the TNT title. The international championship is basically a TV championship. I thought that was the TNT championship, but Christian Cage doesn't really do the open challenge thing anymore, which... That's what the title was before Christian won it. The international championship should be a little bit more desired and valuable besides having it defended against the likes of Rocky Romero in a random rampage match that means nothing. It's not really doing anything to enhance the international championship. The trios championships, I thought they got injured when they went through the glass a couple of weeks back on Dynamite. I didn't know. Maybe with the acclaim, the titles got bruised and injured. I don't know. We haven't seen the fucking trio championship since. I had people claiming to me that they didn't even know who the trio champions were. Those titles were defended tonight against Action Andretti and Top Flight, but they don't really mean much of anything. They're just there. There's no story regarding them. AEW seemingly has moved away from trios. It's like when they want to book a trios match and for the championship, they'll do it. Tony Khan will wake up one morning and say, you know what, guys? I want a trios match tonight. Who do we got? There's no division. There's no sense. There's no order. Just another set of titles that are there. Tag team championships, don't get me started. Ricky Starks and Big Bill, love those guys. I think they're both great. But the titles, they're doing nothing on them. They don't mean shit. Just the way it is. If I'm a betting man, I'd probably go out there and say Ricky Starks doesn't even want to be the fucking tag team champions because it's beneath him. He was doing so great in the beginning of the year, and this is where he ended up. Ricky Starks should be the fucking continental champion. Ricky Starks should be the international champion. What the fuck are we doing? Tag team championships in AEW used to mean something. Not anymore. Not anymore. So, yeah, I'm worried about the Continental Championship. It's all how Tony Khan presents it on television. For the people that say there's no story in this tournament, What did I tell you from day one? The tournament is the fucking story. Stop being an asshole. Stop being ignorant. How many fucking guys are in this tournament? You knew you were going to get fucking stories. There's 12 guys in this this tournament. All 12 guys had a fucking story. All 12 of them. No, but you're not watching, so then you go on social media because Elon's paying out, and then you want to fucking create some drama on social media to rile up all the other virgins that don't have a fucking life. Go touch some fucking grass. It's not snowy yet. There are stories. The stupidity pisses me off. Brian Danielson had a fucking story. This tournament was his from the get-go. Basically, Tony Khan 
Didn't want him going to compete in the G1, or he couldn't compete in the G1 because he got fucking hurt. So he brought the G1 to Brian Danielson. Plus the Ring of Honor World Championship being molded and fused into these other championships. It's right up Daniel uh, or Brian Danielson's alley right there. So there you go. Ring of Honor means a lot to him, doesn't it? So he'd be a perfect champion to flag bearer that championship title. Then we got Claudio. Claudio's in the Blackpool Combat Club. Whatever Brian wants, he wants. He's a former Ring of Honor champion as well. Then you got Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's the current Ring of Honor World Championship. He put his championships on the line in this fucking thing. Knowing that he's got to go through weeks of treacherous waters to get to the final. And his story is comeback kid. He lost the first two matches. He lost three matches in a row. He's mathematically eliminated from the tournament. His story was win, win, win at all costs. He was facing a elimination every single time he went out there after wrestling his first two matches and losing. That's Eddie Kingston's story. Come back, kid. Daniel Garcia. Also, another one of those guys that a lot of people said shouldn't even be there. But he was there. He didn't win one fucking match in this tournament. Why? Because, A, everybody in this tournament outclasses him. B, he's got this entertainer gimmick, which he is more invested in than who he really is, which is Daniel Garcia, the professional wrestler. And he learned the hard way that being entertaining is not going to win you the Continental Classic. But what happened is he learned the hard way because he didn't win a fucking match. He won his tournament tonight. His tournament wasn't to win the Continental Championship. His tournament was to get a fucking win and do it against the biggest, meanest motherfucker in the tournament, and that is Brody King. And what did he do? He beat Brody King tonight. As far as I'm concerned, Daniel Garcia should be very pleased with his tournament because he did the unexpected and he did the impossible. He won a fucking match against the biggest guy in the tournament. That's his story. Andrade. Andrade was banged up coming into this thing. You saw his war wounds throughout the tournament. Andrade, one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet, has never been given a fair shot in AEW. Always being pushed to the side. Plans may be starting, and then they reel him in. Nothing happening there, they reel him in. He proved to everybody why he should be a constant, not only on Collision, but on AEW TV in general. I don't understand why you tell me that there's no story here. There is story. There's story on the Gold League as well, on Dynamite. Jay White, he's looking for revenge. He just lost against MJF. He lost his opportunity at the AW World Championship. This tournament was rehabilitation for Jay White. John Moxley, he doesn't need a fucking story. He just wants to go out there and win. He's the ace. That's why he's here. Then you got Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal didn't win a fucking match in this entire tournament. He went zero. He's had so many wins because of Jeff Jarrett. So what is his story? Jeff Jarrett helped Jay Lethal win. 
But at in the same time, Jay Lethal forgot how to win on his own. So they're building Jay Lethal up and rebuilding Jay Lethal to a point where they may break him away from Jeff Jarrett's circus so that he may get back to winning on his own again. Then you got Swerve. He's the hottest guy in the fucking tournament. Why is he there? Because he beat Adam Page not once but twice. This tournament may be beneath him at this point. He may and should be on to bigger and better things. And then you got Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe is a Ring of Honor legend. He's now a singles wrestler because his brother unfortunately passed away last December. God rest his soul. His rookie year, he put on some of the best matches in the entire tournament. Did Mark Briscoe. So please tell me where there's no story here. I don't understand why people were telling me there's no story. And then you've seen how the, how the tournament played out, where wins and losses did matter, where ties came into play, where if you lost, it was detrimental, where guys were winless and they wrestled like the whole fucking tournament was on the line, like Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe did on Wednesday, like Danny Garcia did tonight against Brody King. Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli put on a match tonight that was as good as any pay-per-view match that AEW has put on all year. And it was the first thing you saw on the night because tournament. Brian needed to win or tie to advance to the finals. Claudio, no matter what, wanted to prove to Brian not only is he better, but I'm going to stop you. I'm getting there. There are stories. Watch the fucking show. Don't go on social media and tell me that there's no stories in the Continental Classic when I know for a fact you didn't watch the fucking Continental Classic in all six weeks that we've been watching this shit on TV. Tony Khan has even gone out there and did the little things. I mentioned this on Wednesday with Jesse when we see guys wearing kinesio tape and guys wearing tape around their hamstring and their wrists and they're banged up and they're showing how brutal a tournament like this is on a weekly basis for the last month and a half. You start to physically see the aesthetics on everybody, how banged up they are. Fans X for sports presentation. Tony Khan gave you sports presentation. Again, what is there to complain about? How many times I mentioned to you that I love black and gold? NXT was near and dear to me. Everything you're watching is basically what you would have saw back then. If WWE did this on black and gold NXT, everybody would be raving about it, right? So why is it so different now? Why is it so different now? Are you a fan of professional wrestling or are you a fan of fucking complaining? Are you a fan of professional wrestling or are you a fan of causing drama online for fucking retweets, clicks, and an Elon paycheck? Which is it? Because if you did not like the Continental Classic, you're not a fan of professional wrestling and you're a fucking liar. Point blank, period. This isn't AEW shill JD talking. This isn't, hey, I got to fucking stick my head so far up Tony Khan's ass that I want a job with AEW. No, 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 no. Half the fucking people over there don't even like me. Still haven't gotten my media for New York's 
world's end. I live 20 minutes away from the Nassau Coliseum. No fucking media yet. Not a single fucking email back. But I'm still here supporting the fucking company. I'm still here supporting the show. And the concept. If you don't like it, fuck off. Stop watching it. Don't like it? Clearly you didn't watch it. Because if you did, you can't say that you didn't like it. This is exactly what AEW is. And they told you 12 individual stories throughout the entire fucking tournament. What do you want? Do you want Tony Khan to jump through rings of fire for you? Do you want him to do fucking acrobatics and a fucking obstacle course in front of you on dynamite and collision? What do you want him to do? Do you want this man to commit cold-blooded murder in the middle of the ring to show you that he's a fucking absolute boss? What do you want him to do? He gave you something that we asked for. He delivered on every fucking aspect, and you still fucking complain. And we're not done yet. We got Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston, and then we got the triple threat match with Swerve Moxley and Jay White. Again, complain. Complain. Because all you're doing is showing everybody on social media that you hate professional wrestling. We're going to get into the show. I don't know if I'm going to break these matches down the way that I do. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I always say that, and we end up being here for two hours. Whatever the case may be, I want to thank you guys for joining me here on the podcast. We're going to go over the collision show that was. I thought tonight was an excellent show. Thunder Rosa made her return. She looked great. I don't know if people are going to be talking about Thunder Rosa at all after what Sky Blue was wearing. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. We just hit 151,000 subscribers right before Christmas. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much for all your support. 2024 is going to be the biggest year for the podcast ever. You want to know why? Because 2023 was the biggest year for the podcast ever, and I'm looking to get it even higher. Go check out today's video, man. Uploaded an extra. There'll be an extra tomorrow. We got some big news on tomorrow's extra, man. WWE supposedly is looking to sign and lock down Cody Rhodes to a multi-year deal. Have they done that yet? I don't know. Conflicting reports. And some drama going on with Samantha Irvin, the Monday Night Raw ring announcer. She was given an order to stop over-accentuating Chelsea Green's name while announcing her to the ring. I got a lot to say about that tomorrow. But go check out today's video, man. We talked about Triple H, him taking over all of the inductions for the Hall of Fame. Made some made some mistakes in today's video, I will admit. I didn't realize that Vader and the Honky Tonk Man and Scott Steiner were in the Hall of Fame already. I didn't watch the Hall of Fame. I haven't watched the Hall of Fame in, in years, so I didn't really. The last one I watched was The Undertaker. I think Vader went in that year, but I didn't really watch anything but The Undertaker. 
So pardon me, I don't watch the Hall of Fame because I just find it to be, you know, especially Vince McMahon's Hall of Fame, I just found it to be just another thing that they do that I don't really give a shit about. It's meaningless. So go check that out, man. We talked about that and several other stories. Bailey signed a new deal with WWE. 20 minutes today. Go check that out on the homepage if you need any more content. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Get your free sample. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Hit that thumbs up. Helps out the live stream after it publishes to YouTube. So thank you guys very much for all of your support. Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli opened up AEW Collision tonight. This was fucking awesome. Everything about this was fucking great. Now, I think everybody predicted Brian was going to the finals here. I think Brian, when he said that he was the first man announced for this tournament, I think everybody kind of predicted that he would be in the finals. Danielson would clinch his spot in the Blue League finals with a win or a draw. Claudio would be eliminated with a loss or a draw. I like the way they thought this out. They put some thought into this, and I really appreciate the fact that they made these matches come down to the wire with real sports presentation and sports-like aspects. It's basically a playoff game. Love it. Claudio went for some quick pins early, and they treaded holds on the mat. They were feeling each other out here. Danielson teased a Romero special before stomping on Claudio's knees. Claudio comes back and clubbed Danielson in the corner before dropping a standing elbow for a near fall. Danielson went back to the legs before both guys locked wrists and traded monkey flips. Danielson broke a knuckle lock and he kicked Claudio in the face to get out of that. Claudio took Danielson to the corner And he faked a clean break, and then he poked Danielson in his good eye. You know, these guys are stable mates, and we got Claudio using dirty tactics on Brian Danielson by poking him in the fucking eye. But there's no story, says the online geek, who hasn't seen a pair of tits in his entire life on social media. Oh, there's no story. These guys are stable mates, and Brian's got one fucking eye. He looks like he's Pirate Pete out there. He's got a fucking eye patch. He looks like Solid Snake out there. The fuck are you talking about? Claudio's out there poking him in his good eye. Stablemates. That doesn't interest you, huh? Well, it interests the rest of us. They're damn good at their job. And clearly, Claudio's showing how important this fucking tournament is to him. He needs to win. Poked him in the good eye. So, he had a short arm clothesline. Another lariat from Claudio, goes for a cover, gets a pinfall. Claudio went for the giant swing. Danielson lifted himself up and transitioned into a label lock. Claudio slid to the ropes, out to the floor, but Danielson followed him out there with a knee off the apron. Brian sent Claudio into the stairs and the barricade, but Claudio caught Danielson with an uppercut when Danielson came off the top rope. Danielson dropped Claudio on a corner charge, and then hit running drop kicks in the corner. Claudio caught the third drop kick, 
And he went right for a giant swing into a pinfall, and he got a two count. San Antonio was awesome. They were loud all night. Every two count, they raised festive-looking twos in the crowd. Looked great. By the way, speaking of that, AEW looks like they changed some of the production style up on Collision. I don't. I watched Collision last week, and I don't remember seeing this type of this camera angle. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They changed the camera angle this week on the show. The hard camera. It was a little bit more elevated, a little bit more raised for the TV presentation. Now, at first thought, I'm like. What is this? Why are they doing it? I went to immediately give a negative thought when I seen the elevated hard cam. I'm like, well, why are they doing this? Are they trying to conceal the lack of people in the arena? Because you really couldn't see the hard cam crowd. Normally, you see a whole bunch of sea of people when the regular hard cam is presented on television. This is a little bit more elevated. You only seen like the first two or three rows. But I got to watch the show Hour went by, hour and a half went by, and I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't look that bad. It's actually quite nice. And what it does, and I hope that this is the case, and I hope that they actually take some of these criticisms and apply it, it really makes Collision different than what you get on Dynamite. And that is the most important thing here. Why am I watching this show if it's just another extension of Dynamite? I've said time and time and time again, AEW should seriously consider splitting their rosters. What they do with the championships, I don't know. Figure it out. But split these rosters. Get a dedicated roster for AEW Collision on Saturday night. Get me to watch. Tune in to watch those specific talents. And then do the same thing for Dynamite. But the TV angle, the hard camera angle that we saw tonight, differentiates Collision from Dynamite. And I like that. Because we don't get that on Friday And on Monday with SmackDown and with Raw, it gave it a different feel. I actually warmed up to it very quickly, but I kind of wondered, and and typically that's what I do because I'm negative and I always go right for the kill on everything. Well, why are they doing this? It's got to be that reason. Yeah, there was a a decent crowd tonight. And and when they did show a lower lower camera shot, you, you did see that that portion of the arena was actually filled in. So I know that they did it because they wanted to give it a different feel for the show. So I actually quite liked it. So San Antonio was loud. Danielson fought off a superplex. He crotched Claudio on the top turnbuckle. Danielson had Claudio on the tree of woe, started kicking him. Then he landed a belly-to-back suplex for a near fall. Hammer and anvil elbows from Brian got caught from Claudio. Danison hit La Mystica for locking in a label lock. Claudio got to the ropes. Danison shielded the referee from the ropes. Referee caught on. Danison held on to the five count. He let the referee know that he had until five. So Brian, again, now using some cheap tactics here to try and get the victory because he needs to win to get to the finals. So Brian caught Claudio to the top. Or brought Claudio to the top. We got five minutes left now. We get the announcement from the ring announcer. Five minutes left to go. Claudio is hammering Danielson with some elbow, elbows before dropping him with an avalanche twisting superplex for a near fall. Danielson then countered the Ricola bomb 
with a triangle choke, but Claudio picked him up and hit a one-armed neutralizer for a near fall. I, I thought that that could have been the end of the match. Right there. So now we got three minutes left to go. Referee is making the announcement, or the uh, ring announcer rather, making the announcement. Danielson flipped out of a powerbomb attempt and hit the Busaiko knee for a near fall. So Claudio kicks out of the finish. Brian kicked Claudio in the head, but Claudio reversed position and stomped Danielson's face. They fell to the ground and traded kicks. Claudio hammered Danielson in the bad eye. Claudio locked on a sharpshooter at 19 minutes, and then he sat down on it. So Brian was in the middle of the ring in a sharpshooter with nowhere to go. We got a 10-second call from the ring announcer. Claudio transitioned out quickly, hit a big uppercut, and he went for a quick cover. But before the referee even made a two-count, the bell rang, and Brian and Claudio go to a 20-minute time limit draw. The ending of this match was fucking great. The last three minutes were great. You just saw the sense of urgency on both of these guys. And then when it got down to crunch time with Claudio with one minute left to go, him giving the sharpshooter and then sitting down on it because he knew he possibly had the match won. Just lock in the hold, finish the hold. And Brian held on for 60 seconds in a sharpshooter. When Claudio realized that Brian wasn't going to tap, he let go of the hold gave him a Swiss-European uppercut, and went for a cover, and it was too late. Brian and Claudio go to a draw. With this result, Danielson clinches his spot in the Blue League Finals on Wednesday. This means Claudio is eliminated, and also this result eliminated Brody King. Unbelievable stuff. This was awesome. Again, for all the geeks in the back, there's no story. There is story. Just watch the fucking show. This was a pay-per-view match to open collision. And probably, I don't want to say it was the best match of the tournament because, I mean, I think we've said that for the last six weeks. This is definitely, in my honest opinion, in the top three matches of the tournament. Seriously. This was great shit. As you would expect from Claudio and Brian Danielson. AEW Trio's championship match, the acclaims. Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, and Billy Gunn defeated Action Andretti Top Flight, Dante, and Darius Martin. They retained the AEW Trio's championship. I don't know why this match is taking place. Again, one of those matches that was just randomly made last week on Collision when the acclaimed obviously said that they love to find out who the geeks are under the devil masks so that they could get their revenge. But they're back, and they're set to get back into action. In walks top flight and action Andretti. They're looking for challengers. Are the acclaimed, so in walks this new trio. And the match was made last week on Collision. There's no story. I doubt we're going to get any stories with the trio's championships. Just another thing that Tony Khan created that really isn't doing much of anything. I don't understand the outcome. I don't understand the outcome here. It's very weird how everybody online and within AEW praised the match that we got last week with the Rentaluchas. I think it was like Commander and Dralistico 
and Vikingo. I think those were the three guys against these three gentlemen. Top Flight and Action Andretti. I watched the match. It was fine for what it was. I mean, I think people overhype things and just really put shit up here on a pedestal that really isn't all that great. I mean, we've seen these types of matches a thousand fucking times in AEW. What was so different with this match? I don't really get it. I don't get the excitement for it. I, I guess, every, you know, listen, MJF said it best. That we, we here in AEW, we present you with, with a bunch of different ice cream flavors. There's something for everybody. And he's right. I don't mind that style, but it's not my favorite. It's not what I'd really go for. My, my style, more my speed, more my cup of coffee is what Brian and Claudio did in the opening match. That's my type of jam. Not saying that what those guys did was bad, but after all the hype that match got, and then we get all the great words and the great comments coming out of that match, you would think that the company's high on action Andretti in this top flight pairing. So why didn't they win the trios championships? What are the trios championships doing on the acclaimed? Are they doing anything? I'm sure they sold out of all those commemorative titles that they created, those pink titles. So why didn't we put the titles on these young guys? I think they'd be more valuable on the young guys than they would be on the acclaimed. I don't have anything bad to say about Billy Gunn, but I don't want to see Billy Gunn on my television show wrestling at the age of 60 years old. He didn't move very well in there tonight. He looks completely out of place. The acclaimed are still over. Great. But they're not doing anything with those tag team championships. And if they're not doing anything with those tag team championships, you might as well put them on somebody that possibly could do something with them. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. Andretti, he evaded a big corner charge from Billy Gunn before he tagged in Dante. Dante ran, ran wild top flight, you know, was hit with multiple combos by the acclaimed. Gunn broke up a pinfall attempt a little bit after that, which led to him taking on all three members of the challengers. Andretti and Dante cut off Scissor Me Timbers, Isolating Max Caster in the ring, Andretti hit a springboard 450 for a near fall. Caster evaded a running shooting star press with Caster scoring the win with a roll-up. Kevin Kelly said he thought Caster pulled the tights. I didn't really see anything, but if they had Kevin Kelly say that, we may be getting a rematch potentially at the pay-per-view. And maybe at the pay-per-view we'll get new tag team champions crowned. Again, Just a random match thrown on TV to fill some time. No rhyme, no reason, no meaning. Very difficult for me to care about. We got a video from Hook. He clearly was in Brooklyn, some part of Brooklyn. And he was sitting on a flight of stairs. And he challenged Wheeler Yuta to a match at the pay-per-view on Long Island, World's End. And he pulled his FTW title belt out of his backpack. He said he'll be defending the title against Yuta at World's End. Let's do it. And then the promo ends with Hook's name right across the screen. I actually love the presentation of Hook's promos, Hook's vignettes. That's great. I'd like to see more of that. Hopefully they keep that. Brian Cage. He went one-on-one with Keith Lee. 
Good to see Keith Lee back on AEW television. They've been using Keith Lee in the most bizarre manner. He's not really focused upon. He hasn't really done much of anything at all in AEW. He had that little thing with Swerve. His claim to fame in AEW is being a tag team partner with Swerve and then them breaking up and starting a program with each other that they conveniently dropped after they wrote him off television because he got stomped with a cinder block. After that, he came back. He made no mention of Swerve. He was doing some shit on Ring of Honor. He was wrestling nothing matches on Rampage, nothing matches on Collision. He wasn't really featured on Dynamite whatsoever. He wrestled Shane Taylor at Final Battle. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about Keith Lee? Now Keith Lee is back. Keith Lee's been featured more on AEW Collision than he's been on Dynamite. And he's been teasing that he's coming for him. Now, who is him? Clearly, he's not talking about Carmelo Hayes. But he's mentioning he's coming for him. He mentioned to Prince Nana last week, tell him that I'm coming for him. Everybody thought him was Shane Taylor. Keith Lee told Lexi Nair, I'm not talking about Shane Taylor. You'll find out soon who I'm talking about. Keith Lee told Prince Nana last week on Collision, tell him I'm coming for him. And then Prince Nana, after the tremendous showdown between MJF and Swerve on Dynamite, pulled Swerve into the locker room and said that he needs to conduct some business business with him and tell him what happened on Collision. There's something happening on Collision that I need to warn you about before we get into the finals of this tournament. I don't know why he waited all these days to tell Swerve about Keith Lee and what he said, but it looks like AEW is now going back to Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. I want to start off with the positive here. I want to start off with the positive. I appreciate that AEW is going and finishing this story. I'm glad that they've decided to give what these guys had going on a conclusion to their story. Now, I asked this question online, and I asked, well, why are they giving us this story now, all of a sudden, out of the blue, when clearly this story is so beneath Swerve Shrekland, it makes no sense to go back and tell this story now. Some people were telling me, well, this is long-term booking. No, this is not long-term booking. This does not mean it's long-term booking. This is not the definition of long-term booking. Long-term booking means you take one act, act A, act B, wrestler A and wrestler B, and you give them a storyline that plays out over the next six months, Nine months, 12 months, whatever it may be. That's long-term booking. Constant television appearances, story playing out on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. It doesn't have to be every week because I know they have weekly shows. The more you do it, the quicker you blow through it. 
Doesn't have to be every week, but they took Keith Lee off of television for how long? And then when they brought him back to television, he didn't make any fucking mention of Swerve. I want to get my revenge on Swerve. I'm back for Swerve. I'm back to beat the shit out of the Mogul Embassy. That's not long-term booking. That is haphazard booking. Not long-term booking. Long-term booking is consistency. There has been no consistency with this Keith Lee Swerve storyline, so you can't use that as a crutch. It's not long-term booking. It's shit-term booking. So why are they going back to it? Do they really want to give Keith Lee something to do? Have they realized the error of their ways and now want to use Keith Lee in a prominent role? far as I'm concerned, if they're using this storyline now, right now, before the finals of the tournament, it really makes me wonder if Swerve is even going to factor into the ending of the Continental Classic. It sounds like, to me, Swerve is not winning on Wednesday. That we may be getting either John Moxley or Jay White to win the tournament. And with what happened on Wednesday, John Moxley got his ass beat. He's banged up. And it looks like Swerve is not going to the finals now that Keith Lee is making him a targeted man and he's going to show up on Wednesday. What does that mean? Sounds like we're getting Jay White versus Eddie Kingston or Jay White versus Brian Danielson. Which I think at this point, if Swerve doesn't win this match on Wednesday and then you put him into a feud with Keith Lee, I think there'll be outrage. Because I think everybody realizes now that this storyline is beneath Swerve Strickland. Completely. Not to take anything away from Keith Lee. It's not Keith Lee's fault. It's not Swerve's fault. It's management's fault. This story should have already been concluded. Before Swerve ascended to the heights that he's at right now, he should have taken care of Keith Lee and then moved on. But now all you're telling me is Tony needs matches for the pay-per-view and he's going to get his in the tournament final and Swerve is going to be putting a match with Keith Lee at World's End because it kind of fits. It kind of fits with what the vibe is here with Keith Lee and Swerve Shrekel. Is that the best use of Swerve at the pay-per-view? I don't know. So no, it's not long-term booking. Stop telling me it's long-term booking. It's not long-term booking. And I think more people will be outraged that Swerve doesn't win the fucking tournament, and then you put him in a nothing match with Keith Lee, who he already should have beaten. So Keith Lee, he beats Brian Cage. I thought they had a great match. Brian Cage is so underrated. So underrated. Keith Lee looked great here. I thought this was probably some of the best work he's done in AEW so far. He just works with, he works great with guys this size. He does. Both men traded shoulder blocks. Cage took Lee down with a head scissor. Yes. Brian Cage took Keith Lee down with a fucking head scissor. Lee came back with a head scissor of his own, believe it or not. Cage avoided a corner charge and hit a pair of strikes in the corner. Cage took Lee down with kicks Hit a tornado, tornado DDT, and we go to commercial break. So we pick it up after the commercial break. They both trade strikes. Lee forced Cage into the corner, started punching away at him, and sent him head over 
German suplex with a German suplex throw over his head. Cage escaped a spirit bomb attempt before hitting a 619. Cage went for the outside in superplex, but Lee headbutted him down. Lee went to the top rope. Cage cut him off and hit a devastating superplex on Keith Lee for a close two count. Cage hit some kicks, landed a beautiful-looking F5 for a near fall. Prince Nana all of a sudden pulls out a cinder block from underneath the ring. The same thing that Swerve used to take Keith Lee out this time last year in San Antonio. I know a lot of people are going to cry, Oh, well, J.D., it is really long-term booking. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not long-term booking. They didn't wait. They didn't keep, they didn't keep Keith Lee off of television to restart this storyline one year later in San Antonio. Oh, you know what? We're going to be in San Antonio for collision, and we're just going to play it up again. No. Now, that's not long-term booking. That's fucking lazy. That's lazy. So, Nana's out there. He's doing the fucking dance with the cinder block. And Keith Lee caught Cage with a big bang catastrophe. He hit him with the BBC. I didn't say it. That's the name of his finishing move. Got the one, two, three, and Keith Lee wins with the BBC. After the match, Keith Lee took the microphone. He brought up the attack from last year while refusing to say Swerve's name. Lee said that he's been trying to send a message to him for weeks. He wouldn't listen. So, at Dynamite, I'll be tearing this house down brick by brick. Hey, it works. But why are we revisiting a storyline that is very much dead on AEW Collision? All because you want to finish this now? You're going to take Swerve out of the Continental Classic? I can't wait to see that blow up in Tony Khan's face. Who made that decision? It's not going to be good. Listen, bro, don't tell me to pause when the facts are right in front of you, man. The Big Bang Catastrophe, Keith Lee beat Brian Cage with the BBC, okay? That's the name of the move. It is what it is. Timeless Tony Storm, Mariah May, and Luther. They were backstage with Renee Paquette. Tony Storm continues to blow off Mariah May. And she doesn't know who Mariah May is. She brought up Riho beating Soraya, did Renee, and then being taken out by Mariah May. Storm didn't know who Mariah was. Mariah introduced her. Storm said, it was good to meet her. Mariah said, well, it's good to meet you too, but we met before. Storm said she has thousands of fans that she's met. Mariah said she's got her American wrestling license finally, and she's about to make her debut very soon. So Renee asked against who and when, and Mariah said, well, you ask a lot of questions, but it'll be very soon. Well, that's her job, honey. Renee is supposed to ask the questions. She asked Tony Storm if she has any advice for her before her debut match. Tony Storm said, well, listen, honey, I, I didn't hear a word you said. I was focusing on me and the camera lens. She said she can bulk up 8 to 11 pounds just like that because she has no problem bulking up for a role. 
She says she will gobble her up like the green grape that she is. She then threw a shoe at Renee and ducked. She told Mariah she has a lot to learn. So at least we're getting some dialogue between Tony Storm and Mariah May, and she's not a complete fucking ghost anymore. Took us a few weeks to get there, but we're there. Christian Cage. He made his ring entrance along with Nick Wayne, the TNT champion, father of the year. It's Christian Cage. Christian Cage told the fans to shut up and let him conduct his, conduct his business in San Antonio. Talked about Nick's mom hitting Adam Copeland with his TNT title. He says she could explain herself. So he introduced Shayna Wayne and she made her way to the ring. Shayna walked out and she was very heelish in presentation tonight, very heelish in the way she portrayed herself. Christian handed her the microphone and said, the floor is yours. She said to the fans, you're booing me? You're booing me. Yeah. Yeah, we're booing you. You boo a mother. How dare you? She said she did what she did because Nick is her son, her pride, and her joy. Nick smiled proudly. He was prickishly chewing his gum very obnoxiously while she said this. She said she did what she did because Nick is her son. So she said she sat in the ring and watched Copeland smash a steel chair into Nick Wayne's head. So that's why I made the choice that I did. I did what any loving mother would do. I protected my son. She then goes on to say it's become clear to her that the one man who cares about her son as much as she does is Christian Cage. Christian said Copeland is a piece of shit. Christian said Shayna worked as a waitress for $40,000 a year to put food on her son's plate to make his dream of becoming a pro wrestler come true. He said Copeland tried to take that dream away with one swing of the chair. He said he think Copeland would relate since he grew up with a single mother who worked lowly jobs to make sure he could live out his dream. He said he wishes his mother was still alive so he could watch her disown her on behalf of single mothers all over the world. He said Copeland can't harness his anger properly and it cost him. He said he beat Copeland in the biggest victory of his career and scored another way or another win that night. He said he walked out of Montreal with his matriarch, Mother Wayne. He says he won more than just the TNT title that night. And he looks over at Shayna Wayne. Get your minds out of the gutter. He accepted Adam Copeland's invitation for a fight at World's End. He says he's already defeated him. And he's a level above him because he stands on the mountaintop. He said he'd put him down on Long Island for the last time. Now, I know a lot of people are are going to immediately pinpoint Shana's delivery and Shana's tone and the way she delivered this promo. I get it. It wasn't really all that good. But the explanation 
the meat of what she tried to say. The basis of what she tried to say here made sense. So you can't really snide the woman for going out there and not sounding the part or not sounding the way you think she should sound. A, she's not a fucking performer. She's not a, she's not a full-time performer on the show. She's probably never cut a promo in her entire fucking life. But the explanation that she gave you on tonight's show was all you needed. Why did I do what I did? Because Adam Copeland took a chair to my son, and at the end of the day, he's my son, and I love my son. He's my pride and joy. I've watched him grow up. I raised him to become the man that he is and achieve this dream of his. And then you wanted to take that away from him. I mean, what else What else do you need as far as an explanation goes? And then Christian, on top of that, claiming that he's beat Adam Copeland, doesn't need to wrestle him again. He retained the TNT title. He did more than win that night. He looks over at Shayna Wayne, implying that he fucked the MILF. Christian's a slimy fucking prick. So, as far as I'm concerned, this was an effective segment. And at the end of all this, he's going to kill Christian Cage, or he's going to kill uh, Adam Copeland, that is, Christian Cage is. He's going to destroy him at World's End, and the match is made. No DQ, Adam Copeland, Christian Cage, TNT title. I'm smelling a title change. I'm smelling a title change on Saturday night, next Saturday. I thought this was an effective segment. Shayna gave the explanation. She was open. She was honest. She said what she needed to do. Christian's a slimy prick, and then boom, we move on. Effective. Lexi Nair interviewed Big Bill and Ricky Starks. She brought up that Kenny Omega is out. Big Bill said Omega's excuse sounds made up. So Big Bill says that he doesn't have diverticulitis. I think you're bullshitting me. My uncle had gingivitis and he's perfectly okay. And then Ricky Starks had the liner of the night. He's like, I know what it is. I know what it is. Kenny Omega had no guts to wrestle us at World's End. Ha ha. Gotta love Ricky Starks, man. Fucking great. So he said that he thinks Omega is scared to face them. The greatest tag team in the history of professional wrestling. Starks said, yeah, that's us. That's us right here. He said Omega doesn't have the guts to face them. He basically forfeited their match at World's End. Jericho walked in, says, listen, I'm not forfeiting anything. I'm not forfeiting the match. He says he has a contract for the tag team title match and doesn't know when or with whom, but he'll take their titles from them. So now we're playing up the fact of who is the mystery partner for Chris Jericho. Does this take place at World's End as advertised that we got last Wednesday? Do they even have a mystery partner? I don't think we get this at World's End, even though we should. I think what they delivered on last Wednesday should be delivered on the pay-per-view. But, I mean, after Omega went down with injury, I don't think we really care about what's going on here with Jericho and the tag team titles. I I don't care. And And I mean that in all sincerity. The tag team titles to me are dead. I think Ricky Starks is so above what they're doing here. Even Big Bill. Even Big Bill. I know. I know. I love Ricky Starks. I love Ricky Starks too. 
Where are you? I, don't, I hear you crying about Ricky Starks, but I don't see where you are. Where are you? Sorry, guys, my cat just woke up from her fucking slumber because I'm recording and she wants to be fucking a loudmouth live on stream at 1130 at night. Go to bed. I'm right here. You see me? Yeah. Brody King. He went one-on-one -on -one with Daniel Garcia. This was the second match tonight in the AEW Continental Classic Blue League. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. I thought this was great. Ten minutes. It's all, in, it's all it, really, it really needed. It was ten minutes. We'll pick it up after the commercial break here. I loved the story that they told here with him having zero points in this tournament. Brody King started the tournament off uh, six points, 2-0. and oh, And then he kind of floundered and didn't really do much of anything. But we'll pick it up after the commercial break. Garcia fought off Brody in the corner. King stuffed a suplex attempt before hitting a senton on Daniel Garcia for a near fall. Garcia stood up through the, through the uh, chops that Brody was throwing, fired up the crowd before returning some chops to Brody. They traded forearms. Brody shut down another back, uh, backdrop driver attempt with some elbows. Garcia danced in front of Brody's face. He then ducked a lariat and then finally... Hit a backdrop suplex. Got the big man up. Crowd popped because it's always looking good when you're a smaller guy like Daniel Garcia and then trying to pick up somebody the size of Brody and then actually getting the move. He went for a cover, got on your fall. Brody came back with some big-time offense, hit a lariat, went for a cover, got on your fall. Brody then hit the gonzo bomb. Who kicks out of the gonzo bomb, man? I thought it was over. One, two, and Daniel Garcia gets his shoulder up. Shocked everybody. Shocked the crowd. Shocked Matt Menard. Shocked Brody. Shocked the referee. Kicked out of the Gonzo bomb. Garcia was dead weight at that, at that point. Brody picked him up. He was in the center of the ring. He eventually caught Brody sleeping. He played a little possum here. Got him with a jackknife pin to score an upset victory to get his first win and his first three points in the tournament. Danny Garcia lost every single match in this tournament because he forgot who he is. He's a sports entertainer now. Clearly, the sports entertainment is not bringing him to the Continental Classic final. What did bring him to a win tonight was Danny Garcia, the great pro wrestler that we know still exists in there. This was his tournament. He knew he wasn't winning the tournament. Coming into tonight, he knew he had nothing to lose because he wasn't winning. He made this match his tournament final, and he won. That's the story. Great match. After the match was over, the lights went out, and the House of Black showed up. All of a sudden, we get both Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black out there. So, the lights are out. Lights come back on. House of Black is there. Menard tried to save Danny Garcia as they were about to beat him down three on one. Menard got taken out. Brody yanked on Garcia's fingers and wrists. Garcia was still writhing in pain. Menard dove on top of Danny Garcia. 
covered to protect him from the House of Black. All of a sudden, FTR came out to make the save. Dax gets on the microphone. He said, he's tired of the magic and all the spooky special effects and tricks. He says, they want to face them for the first time ever. So it looks like we're getting FTR versus House of Black, Malachi and Buddy Matthews at the pay-per-view. Sign me the fuck up. Should be a banger. It's going to be great. Abaddon. She teamed with Thunder Rosa against Julia Hart and Sky Blue. Thunder Rosa looked great in her return. I don't think people will be talking about Thunder Rosa tonight. I think people are going to be talking about the new outfit, the new ring attire from Sky Blue. Tell me if I'm telling lies. Huh? No. Rosa looked good. She should look good. She's great. She's a welcome addition back to an otherwise ailing women's division. Having a team with Abaddon, I mean, I probably could have thought of better with Thunder Rosa, but I mean, what are we going to do? Saturday night collision. Looks like it's going to be her show. I like it. So, we did get an announcement. Julia Hart will defend the TBS Women's Championship against Abaddon at the pay-per-view. World's End on Long Island next Saturday. I did not have Abaddon on an AEW pay-per-view on my bingo card for 2023. But here we are. And Julia needs opponents, I guess, right? So there you go. So Sky Blue had all new black gear. Thunder Rosa made her entrance in a low rider. She looked great. And I couldn't tell, man. Someone correct me in the chat. Does Thunder Rosa have new theme music? Maybe it was my TV. Couldn't really hear. Or or did they have the same theme music for Thunder Rosa? I wasn't sure. Maybe they gave her new everything coming back. She looked great. Ring attire looked great. The makeup looked great. The entrance looked great. Glad Thunder Rosa's back. They needed her. So, Abaddon is in the ring with Julia. She caught Julia with a crossbody, or on a crossbody, before dropping her with a tilt to world slam. She did have new theme music. I couldn't tell. I actually liked the old theme music. I don't know why they got rid of that, but I guess she wanted to just go uh, all new here. I don't blame her. Abaddon, tilt to world slam. Abaddon hit a running knee, cut Sky Blue off. Or, uh, I, I, I believe Abaddon had a running knee before Blue cut Rosa off to tag Abaddon and get in the match. They double-teamed Abaddon, and we go to commercial break. So after the break, Abaddon fought back. She was in the wrong corner, dropping both opponents with a double face buster. Didn't really look all that good, but it did create some separation. Rosa gets the tag. She ran wild, hit a Northern Light suplex on Sky Blue, Julia broke up a cover on Sky Blue. Blue caught Rosa with a super kick in the corner before hitting a powerbomb for a near fall. Abaddon cut Julia Hart off on a moonsault attempt, allowing Rosa to hit the Tijuana bomb for the win in her return. And that was it. So, yes, Thunder Rosa got the win, got the pinfall. And Sky Blue, man, I got to give credit to Sky Blue again. She looks and just goes out there and wrestles her ass off. There's a physicality that she brings to her matches that 
I don't really remember seeing from her, and it really is paying off nicely. She goes out there and busts her ass legitimately. And I like that. She's coming along. You know, I, I've been more pleased with what we've seen with Sky Blue in the last six months than a lot of women on AEW television, man. Follow the work ethic of what that woman is doing. Seriously, her and Julia, great. Got a nice nucleus if they want to continue to get behind them. Julia's working out. Sky Blue's working out. Thunder Rose is there. Let's get some, let's get a nice solid division here on Saturday night. Because they obviously got the talent. We just need some sort of direction. Not really big on Abaddon getting a title match against Julia Hart, which we all know she won't win, but I guess they need to fill the pay-per-view card somehow. There is no story there. Stop telling me and stop trying to convince me that there is. There is none. Main event. Eddie Kingston and Andrade El Idolo. Eddie Kingston needs to win this. He needs to win this to advance to the finals. The winner of this match will wrestle Brian Danielson in the Blue League semifinals on AEW Dynamite. A draw with Eddie Kingston would send Andrade through to the semifinals and get another match against Brian Danielson. So we got some shoving here between both of these guys. Eddie Kingston ducked a back elbow. Andrade ducked a quick back fist attempt in response. After a fight here in a wrist lock, Andrade vaulted over the corner, hit a high cross body, and went for a near fall, got a two count. Andrade hit a jawbreaker before Kingston responded with a lariat, and we go to commercial break. Andrade drop kicked Kingston, who charged in. Took his knee out. Then he hit a pair of dragon screw leg whips working on the knee. And then he hit a flying forearm. Andrade hit his signature Meteora in the corner. He goes for cover, gets a near fall. Andrade hit the three amigos, which he actually did connect on all three of them. He goes for another cover, gets a near fall. Andrade went to the top rope. Kingston, he took Andrade out with a big kick. Andrade launched off the top ropes. Kingston fired up with some machine gun shops in the corner. And then told Andrade, give it. You want to bring it? Give it. Andrade asked for more. Kingston hit an exploder suplex for a near fall. Andrade fought off a half-and-half half suplex attempt and sent Kingston to the floor where he followed with a moonsault outside. Andrade hit the double-jump moonsault in the ring. Always beautiful. Charlotte, I remember Charlotte tried to do that. She fucking botched it to Kingdom Come. But Andrade, man, he misses that moonsault off the top rope. He lands on his feet, delivers a standing moonsault in the same motion. Love it. So he hits that, goes for cover, gets a near fall. Kingston fought off the hammerlock DDT as the crowd chanted for both guys. Kingston hit a belly-to-back suplex for a near fall. Andrade, back up, drove Kingston into the corner. He hit the back elbows to escape. Andrade hit his running back elbow for a near fall. The crowd is chanting, this is awesome. Andrade goes to the figure four, but Kingston got to the ropes as Andrade bridged up into the figure eight. 15-minute time hits, and the ring announcer says there's five minutes left. Kingston, out of nowhere, hits a pair of spinning back fists. Northern Lights driver, and Eddie Kingston goes and gets the victory 
earns a spot in the final with Brian Danielson and will wrestle Brian on Wednesday to see who goes to the pay-per-view at World's End to wrestle either John Moxley, Jay White, or Swerve Strickland. It honestly could go either way. It honestly could go either way. It, it, it could be Brian Danielson against any one of those guys. I could see Brian versus Moxley. I could see Brian versus Swerve. I could see Brian versus Jay White. Any one of those matches would be fucking tremendous matches. But I could also see Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. I could see Eddie Kingston and Jay White as well. I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it Eddie Kingston who beat Jay White in a Loser Leaves New Japan match? Man, that'll be a great story to tell, no? Jay White getting his revenge on Eddie Kingston and Jay White winning the Continental Classic? It's going to be interesting to see which direction Tony Khan takes on Wednesday. Because I think we all know that Swerve is much... I I don't want to say much better off because I think he would do great things with the Continental Championship. I just think that people believe he's better off, you know, losing this tournament and then obviously being put in a position where he can challenge MJF at Revolution after what we got on Wednesday at Revolution for the World Championship or double or nothing for the World Championship. Swerve should be in title contention in 2024. I think that's where the majority of the fans believe he should be. And I honestly think the majority of those people believe people believe that Swerve is above the tournament. So why give Swerve the tournament? It's, it's not going to be a bad thing if he does win it because it would give him something to do in the meantime, give his own stamp, create his own fucking his own roadmap with this turn with this this championship, give him something to do until he is primed and ready for that world championship. People think he's ready now. So I could see him winning. I could see him not winning. Both for obvious reasons. But I could see Jay White winning this tournament as well because I think the company's very high on Jay White. They they gave Jay White. You could see the company's high on Jay White because they had him parading around with the world championship that wasn't really his for several weeks. They put him in the ring against Max at full gear. So the company has very High hopes for Jay White. He's going to be a major player for AEW. So having him win the Continental Classic, having him go to Ring of Honor, having him go over to Japan, having him defend that title here in the States, I think that's the type of guy you really want defending that type of championship. He's very marketable in all three promotions. It's going to be interesting to see what road they take. But I'm glad that we are looking at a bunch of different variables, a bunch of different outcomes, and it's not really as predictable as you think. They created an environment that isn't really predictable, and I like that. You don't know who's going to the pay-per-view. It could go two or three different ways. I like it. I really do. They did a great job with this tournament, and it should absolutely be an annual thing moving forward. Thank you guys very much for all of your support here on the podcast. I really appreciate you all hanging out with me here on Saturday night. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. 
please hit that thumbs up. I'd love if we could get up over 500 likes on tonight's live stream. Go check out the extra that I did today. It's on the homepage. And thank you guys for 151,000 subscribers here on the channel, man. Thank you guys very much. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, man. How many times I talk about long-term booking, man? Blue Chew is your way to long-term booking. It is basically your pen and paper. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, and it comes in chewable tablets. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. Be ready whenever that creative decision arises. All you got to do is sign up, bluechew.com. Consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No questions asked. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's all done online. No awkward conversations. Simple. Bluetooth tablets are also made in the USA. Prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. So if you guys can benefit from that extra confidence, why not give Bluetooth a try? BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, and I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on Off The Script. RB065 with a $2 super chat. Somebody check on Tony Brown. Happy holidays between Sky Blue and Thunder Rosa, bro. I think Tony Brown is knocked out somewhere. I don't know where Tony Brown is. Billy Sizane with a $5 super chat. JD, Merry Christmas and God bless. Sky Blue. Ho, ho, ho. Absolutely, man. Maddie D with a 499. Women's tourney? Thoughts to revitalize AEW. Merry Christmas. You mean a women's continental classic? No, thank you. We don't need a women's continental classic. One is enough. Jason Barker with a $5 super chat. Could you imagine if Judge Judy joined the Judgment Day? No, I cannot. Though I... Used to watch Judge Judy all the time with my grandma. Tone C with 10 months. Merry Christmas, JD, and the whole OTS family. 10 months, many more to go. Thank you, Tone C. Appreciate you, brother. AW Mark with 24 months. Merry Christmas, OTS family. Love me some Julia Sky Blue Tag Teams. What a nice dessert. Love Sky's new gear. JD, thanks for another great year. Thank you, AEW. Mark, appreciate you being here for 24 months, brother. JW Universe with 15 months. JD, you're the GOAT of creators. Keep on being you, brother. OTS family, love you all. Thank you, JW. Frank Morano with $10. So many built-in stories in the Continental Classic. You beat him, but not me. And I beat them, and you lost, etc. Think it's great. 
Tony Khan hit it out of the park with the Continental Classic. Fantasy Kid with 23 months. Congrats on the Dark Horse. Mine can't get here sooner. Brother, you're going to love it. I sat in it the other day while I let it run in this cold weather, man. I can't believe I fucking own that thing, man. There he is, man. There's Tony Brown. $4.99. He says, I saw Miss Blue. Merry Christmas. Tony Brown, brother. Merry Christmas. And thank you for being here always, man. We love Tony Brown. Frank Morano with a five. Thunder Rose and Sky Blue was a booty meat battle. Can't go wrong with either one of them, man. Chris with 17 months. What's up, JD? 17 months in the legendary OTS venue. A great 2023 for OTS. 2024 will be huge for you. I would love to be a moderator one day for you, Chris. Maybe we'll make that happen, brother. MGM ballin' for the 499. Congrats on 151, Tribal Chief. Keep doing what you're doing, my man. Hope I'll get to meet you and Drew. At World's End. I hope so, man. I don't know what we're doing, man. I told Drew I don't really want to do a meet and greet, but he's pushing me to do a meet and greet. We'll see what happens. My guy, Bastardo. With a $5 super chat, my heart goes out to you during the holidays. You never get enough. You never get over tough times. You just find a way to get distracted. You've become a main distraction. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. And I hope that you try and enjoy and have a great holiday season, man. I know it's been tough for you. Try and enjoy it and surround yourself with people that you find to be important. Kid Revos with a $10 super chat. If they put Swerve back in the storyline with Keith Lee and lose in the classic, it will cool off Swerve's flame and add him to the pile of wrestlers that AEW got red hot and then randomly cool them off. I'm telling you right now, man, it's not going to be a good look for them, and I think it's going to fail and it's going to backfire and blow up on them on social media. I'm telling you right now. Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. Why does it feel like Mariah May's first match will be Tony Storm? It may very well be. You may be onto something, Will. Delightful entertainment with a 199 times two. Triple H giving his talent off. Is Tony? Yes, Tony is giving his talent off. Christmas Eve is tomorrow. Christmas is on Monday. Tuesday they're off. Wednesday they get back to work. Delightful. Uh, he also says Sky Blue is carrying this company. Wow. I wouldn't go that far. And Tony Brown, thank you, brother, for the $4.99. I saw Miss Blue. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you guys, man. I really appreciate you guys being here tonight on a Saturday night. I know a lot of people don't really care for collision. I wanted to cover it because it was the end of the Continental Classic. And I've quite enjoyed the Classic as a tournament concept, and hopefully it does come back next year. This same time, guys. You will see me tomorrow in your sub boxes on Christmas Eve. We got some news to go over, man. You're going to see me Monday in your sub boxes. And then we're flying to Orlando on Tuesday where we're going to do some work down there. I got some family stuff to take care of. Jesse and I are going to be live on Wednesday with the AEW Dynamite post show. 
Should be a major show from Orlando. Conveniently, I'll be there on Wednesday night. There will be no TNT on Tuesday. I will let you guys know when Drew and I are back, but him and I will be on Long Island Saturday for World's End. You'll see us at the pay-per-view. Until then, guys, follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Go hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. Go check out today's extra. Check out Blue Chew, bluechew.com, code JD at checkout. And I will see you guys back tomorrow right here on OTS. Merry Christmas, guys. Enjoy the holidays. And I'll see you back tomorrow right here with more on Off The Script. make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.